And we're on, on the air and in your ear holes. We are on the air somehow. Yes. Some way, somehow. Yes. Welcome to Detroit Strange. That's Jess over there. That's Alex over there. We are bringing back the intros. Yes. And this is the little podcast that could. It really is. Um, (laughs) It's a little podcast you could. It thinks it can. It thinks it can. And we're doing it. And sometimes it just barely can. Yeah. Something you know, like that steep hill with a train. We're choo chewing our way to the top, but mm-hmm. struggling yeah. all the way. Uh, we had some technical difficulties when we first tried to record this episode. Now we've got a partially lost episode. Yes. But, you know, it'll be like Nintendo and releasing a new collection years later being like Detroit Strange, the lost episodes. Ooh. My mind is all Mario right now because I'm very excited for the new Mario game. And by new Mario game, I mean collection of old Mario games. That's well, those are the best ones. Yeah. I do want to say really quick though, I yeah. might sound weird because my microphone situation has gone kaput for the moment. Yeah. Which fun fact? Kaput is German for broken. I didn't realize that until like last year. I knew it was German. What? I didn't know the direct. I knew it was German. I didn't know the direct translation. I'm pretty sure it's broken. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, that's what we use it for. Yeah, it's kaput. Something's kaput. Yeah. I guess it could have been like Russian or something too. Like it has that kind of yeah sound to Hard it. Sounds harshness. Yeah. Sounds like one of the angry, mean-sounding languages. That's why I learned German in college. So you can be angry and mean. So I could yell. Fun. Yeah, and actually, like it's a very flexible language. It really is. It's it's just campy. It's a campy language. Was bedeutet das? I it's been a minute. <laughs> I mean, what does that mean? Oh, was is das? Was is das? Campy? I think it gets campy? um, it gets a bad rap for being harsh, but I feel like when it's spoken like sweetly and softly, it's just like oh, look at that cute little. It's adorable. German. Yeah, but then also it is really fun. I mean. If you ever want to delight in the world and you want to let out a lot of aggression all at once, yell the word schnell. Schnell? Schnell. Mm-hmm. That means slow? Like faster? No, oh, faster. Fast. Langsam mm-hmm. is slow. Like, yeah, schnell. Mm-hmm. It's really fun, though. Yes. So what is ich up? Ich uh... <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just saying random German phrases that I remember. <laughs> I love it. We are Rosetta Stone. We are... That other one. Muzzy. Muggsy. No, I was thinking that even another one. There was another there was Rosetta Stone. Duolingo. No. Maybe it was just Rosetta Stone. I thought there was another one like Rosetta Stone. Mm. Irrelevant. Mm. <laughs> so you went camping this weekend. How was that? I did go camping. It rained the whole time. Uh that's a bummer. It was actually okay, though. I mean, it would have been better without rain, but we still hiked. Uh, we saw the most beautiful sight I've ever like seen in Michigan, almost. We went on this hike, and there was this incline, which in Michigan, there's not as, especially Lower Peninsula, there's not that many inclines. Right. And it wasn't, like, bad. It was just unexpected. Yeah. And then we got to this opening, and it overlooked this river, the Pine River, 
and we were up on this like cliff looking down into the river and there were woods around us and there were woods down there and it was just it was breathtaking and gorgeous and then actually our campsite had a secret little trail at the back of it that led to the same river oh fun which we didn't know when we chose our campsite that it would do that i love secret little trails Mm -hmm. yeah no it was fantastic like I really, really like, um, it was like, uh, Silver Creek state forest, I think was uh-huh. the name of it. I could not have been happier with where we ended up staying. It was gorgeous. The hiking was fine. If it was warmer, you could probably like be in the river, but it, it was pretty cold. So we didn't yeah. do that. I did fall on some rocks, hit my head pretty hard, but I'm okay. Oh yeah. And yeah. And then actually when we packed up on Sunday, we decided to drive over to Ludington to go see mm-hmm. Lake Michigan and all of its Lake Michigan glory and then drive down the coast a little bit before heading back over. So, nice. yeah. Sounds like a nice little trip. Got, got my fix of large bodies of water. I mean, that's our thing in Michigan. Large mm-hmm. bodies of water. So mm-hmm. you did it right. Yeah. I always feel better after, although I am exhausted today. I'm not going to lie. I'm so tired. Yeah, camping is one of those like things where it's not a relaxing vacation usually. It's usually, we did a lot of stuff and now I'm really just exhausted. But mm-hmm. I had a great time. I think it's relaxing when you're there. I think it's like the coming back part yeah. that's not relaxing. Because then it's like, you have to put the gear away, but you can't just put it away. You have to clean it. And like, especially with this, everything's wet. So we like really have to launder everything. Oh yeah. Not that I'm complaining about it, but you come home from a normal, you know, not a normal trip, but like another trip where you a didn't bring trip. your housing. Yeah. Yeah. You do your laundry and put your toiletries away. And if you're me, you do that like a week later. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not all wet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> So, yeah, so I think that's part of it, too. But I also, when I camp, I don't just, like, I, well, I like seeing at rustic sites, because I do. Same. I enjoy really removing myself from things. 1,000%. But I also like comfort, so I bring an air mattress, and, like, I put down moving blankets on the ground, so you have something to, like, walk on that's not just the tent. And also, I have one of those, like, weird air couches. I have a huge tent, too. I have an air couch that we like had in the tent. Like I took a nap on that in the middle of the day. Oh, you guys were glamping. In my tent, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a freaking Harry Potter tent, which like mm-hmm. you walk in, there's just bunk beds and stuff. Well, my tent is like over, it's as tall as me in the center. It's nice. crazy. Yeah. my It's my parents' old tent. I didn't buy that. I'm not this fancy. But my mom is really, my mom's six foot and she wanted something that she could almost stand up in to put her pants on. Relatable content. Yeah. And, you know, they got rid of it. It became my time like years and years and years ago. But now I'm kind of used to being able to stand up to put my pants on. And I'm used to being able to put my big air mattress in it and other things. And I don't know that I'll ever want other. I mean, if I was like backpacking or something, I'd want a smaller one. But like. If I'm right. driving, I as well bring the, t- the big time. Right. Do it right. Yeah. I'm already ru- I'm already doing the rustic thing. I don't need to add on top of that. And I want to sleep well. 100%. It mostly just comes down to I want to sleep well. And honestly, thank goodness for the air mattress because it was raining. And we kind of... Oh, that damp wet ground. Had a miscommunication about tarp size. Uh, yeah. My roommate brought one from her parents' house and... It was 
not quite as large as the tent. And so we had like trash bags and stuff. So it did leak a little. So, but we didn't get wet. Yeah. So it was still comfortable to sleep in. It may have been wet and gushy around you. Yeah. But I've had wet WAP stuck in my head all weekend. And now it's Monday and it's still there. I still don't know like the full song. It's just like random lines like get a bucket in a mop. Mm-hmm. That's so WAP. That's so WAP. And I hate that the music video, they call it wet and gushy. I'm like, we know what they're saying. You know what? I've only seen, I haven't watched actually the whole music video. So I don't know. I know the real version more than the music video by far. Cause I've only seen like, like I know the opening scene with the house. Yeah. And like the going into it. And that's, I don't know what happens with the video after that, actually, to be honest. They're kind of just like walking down a hallway and peeking into different rooms. At one point, they're in this weird, like, kind of looks like if Mario did like a candy level. Okay. Like just green and purple stripes. There's a pool scene, of course, because it's wet and gushy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure is. I think that might be the song of the summer. Oh, for sure. Like, I know it's kind of late, but but I feel like... I got. I was a little late to the game with this one. Also, I don't think there was really that many songs of the summer. You know what I mean? Because like, I mean, we still are in a pandemic, and I feel like that kind of changed the trajectory, probably of yeah, a lot of uh, content creation. We'll say. Uh, ooh, I lied. WAP is a great song, or WAP. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was too Midwest for my Google. I'm like, can you play that WAP? <laughs> and I had to say WAP, but. No, I think the real song of the summer was Malibu by Kim Petras. Love that song. I don't know that. I know it. You've probably heard it. I've okay. just been obsessed with Kim Petras lately. Like her and Cardi B right now. I don't know who she is. Um, I'm so bad at normal things. No, she's like the... I don't, she's kind of up and coming in the pop princess realm. She's kind of just like this cute little blonde girl. Okay. But like her other claim to fame is she was like one of the youngest people to transition. So she's like trans. Okay. But now she's just like this pop diva making all this great music. And I'm like, I love this for you. Sounds fun. Yeah. Sorry. You're good. (laughs) I was like, I want to be encouraging for it, but I have no comment since I don't know who it is. (laughs) Fair. What you sipping on over there? I, this is the weirdest thing. So. You know, we went camping. So I brought cans of things and I found this random like the store is soft parade seltzer from Shorts Brewery. Interesting. Because everything is a seltzer now. I mean, yeah. You got a flavor? We can seltzer that. For real. Is it like the fruity flavors that are in the soft parade and no beer? Yeah, it's hard seltzer with raspberries, blackberries, strawberries and blueberries. It's a very light flavor. Like it doesn't, it's not strong at all. Like a LaCroix almost. Mm, let me. Taste test. Swirl, swish, swerve, sway. Yeah, but it kind of weirdly does like still have a, cause like soft parade's weird. Like each batch is different. Yeah. Sometimes it tastes more like rotten, <laughs> but I still like it, but whatever. It definitely still has like a little bit of the beer flavor. Ooh. Which is interesting, but it is a seltzer. Maybe they just like carbonated the fruit they soak in the beer. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what happens is I think they like, I mean, the fruit ferments as mm-hmm. 
that's how alcohol is created. Yeah. And I think it's just so many fruits fermenting that kind of the culmination of them makes that flavor or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure because literally the ingredients list is just the fruits, water and beet sugar and carbon dioxide. So. Yeah. But it's uh hitting the spot. Yeah. It's pretty decent. They're, they're okay. I I had these other salters as I was drinking in the last episode. Uh, and I think I liked those a little better. Was that the mystic reef one? Yes. Wait, was that what it was called? I think that was two episodes ago. Mystic Reef. That was two episodes ago. No, this is a different one that I found. Despite how much we talk about them, we're not a hard seltzers podcast. No. Sometimes it's just easy to grab when you're and recording. They're just like perfect for like quarantine. Cause like, oh, it's Saturday. I want to start drinking at 2 p.m. and just keep going. Hard seltzers. Mm-hmm. Because they're like light enough, but still pack a light punch. Well, they're and also just like summertime in general. Yeah, it's a good alternative for summer. So definitely a few reasons. No, now it's gonna bug me the brand that I had on the last one. We can play back the tapes later. Yeah, but they were really good. I'm just not typing something in. There's so many of them now. Yeah, I think that's really what it... Someone was telling me that the Labatt's ones were pretty good. Oh, it might be Beaches. That's definitely it. Yeah, Beaches. So Beaches brand. Hard Seltzers. Big fan. We stan. Stan times two. Yes. Because the Plomo one was really, really... And there's, I think, a Pina Colada one is the third one. Ooh, yum. Mm-hmm. Which I don't like real pina coladas because they're too sweet. Fair. But I like the flavors. So the seltzer is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Still not a seltzer podcast. What are you sipping on? <laughs> I'm just having an old fashioned. Oh, good. Kind of like over Labor Day, a lot of my liquor supplies were depleted. Mm-hmm. Justly so, but I haven't replenished. So I was like, there's that bourbon and the decanter on the table. I guess I know what I'm making. Yeah, because you uh, you saw some college friends. Yeah, oh, no, that was this past weekend. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking this. I have no concept of time. Labor Day is definitely all the time and never. Yeah, no, I did see some college friends this weekend, and that was nice. One of them was like moving out of her place, and it's kind of been like the party house, and so it's like the, f- the few of us got together and had like one last hurrah there, just to kind of give it a send off before we passed it along. To the next mm-hmm. rowdy group of teenagers, hopefully. Not teenagers, college mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, at home, liquor supply is a little low. I'm like, honestly, everything. I just keep refusing to go grocery shopping. So every day is like a new adventure and chopped. Like, what can I make of the things in my house? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're still, we still are in a pandemic and it's easy not to think about it sometimes. Especially if you're not going to the store. You know what I mean? Like, that's like the most like in our face version of the pandemic that. Yeah. Because otherwise it just feels like we're all being reclusive or something. Yeah. No, it's like not even that big of a deal for me to go grocery yeah. shopping. But I just don't want to do it. But I know I have to soon because like I'm still being able to chop things together. But um, it's getting harder and harder. 
Mm-hmm. Like I was really craving something sweet yesterday. So I made these weird like s'mores lumps. They were supposed to be bars. They actually started as bars, but like, so I had the graham cracker crumbs, butter. Like I had graham cracker crumbs and half stick of butter. So I was like, let me try and make a crust out of this. Put too many crumbs. The crust didn't set. So then I put like mm-hmm. Hershey's chocolate bars and marshmallows on top and tried to bake it. And it got like kind of melty, but it still wasn't setting. So I just kind of like stirred it all together and then scooped it out into ball or like lumps. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good, but like they were like desperation cookies. So, you know, as long as stuff tastes good. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. And you know what? I'm using up a lot of cupboard food. Yeah. No, I think it's good to not waste what you have. So good on you. Yeah. Yeah. I made some weird stuff lately. Yeah. I mean, such is the nature of quarantine. Quarantine's just like one long chopped. <laughs> on Saturday night, we, we, when the rain wasn't happening, we couldn't get our fire to start. Like we had mm-hmm. like a little break in the day from rain and like for over an hour trying to get this fire to start and it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't. It starts raining and I'm just like, you know what? Screw this. And my friend was making these packets to put on the fire, but it wasn't enough fire to put packets on. But there was kind of some embers like deep down. And I was like, screw this. I'm making a bratwurst because we had some bratwurst and I'm, I didn't really want to bring Rami home anyway. Yeah. And I put that on. This is so gross. <laughs> the meat juice helped start the fire. I mean, hey. We, we had a fire the rest of the night in the rain. It helped start the fire. And then we had like a fire the rest of the night. I mean, new life hack. Your fire's fall, failing, throw a bratwurst on. It was not. I was very glad we had them. I was very glad my roommate wanted them. Yeah. yeah. It worked out well. I really did. I was just like, who starts a fire in the rain? (laughs) Like, again, we could not get it to light for the life of us in the non-rain. Because everything was wet still, which is why. Yeah. But then it starts raining. You put a browers on and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just speaking of trying to use everything, because I was like, I'm not bringing raw meat home. Like, we're going to cook this. Oh, 100%. Have it to... Because, like, I don't even cook meat at home, so I don't want to start. <laughs> Plus, like, I want this, all cooked this here. meat's been sitting in a cooler all weekend. Yeah. I'm not trusting mm-hmm. its f- freshness after that. It's got to be used that trip. Yeah. And especially, like, I don't eat a ton of meat, so, like. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be a little extra about it. And, yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But I, I like that you're having your chopped adventures, and again, no waste. Yeah. Do we want to talk about our Patreon real quick before we get into today's story? Sure. We're going to have one. Yeah. So that's something we've been working on for a while. I guess I should say Jess has been working on it for a while. I haven't been as much, but... Hey, you created the account initially. This is true. Yeah. It's been a team effort. Tag team. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, we're just kind of finalizing out our tiers and basically uh, just for things like equipment and things like that. And uh, it's kind of where we want to focus the efforts of it. And, you know, we love doing this. 100%. But it is a weekly commitment uh, on our part, too. It does, you know, actually uh, it takes a decent amount of time every week to put it together. And again, we enjoy doing it. We love doing it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
thought might as well put one of them Patreons out. Yeah. And we got some good stuff coming there. Maybe even uh, eventually some secret merchandise uh, for some some Patreon subscribers. Patreon Mm -hmm. exclusive. Working on some some videos. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to see our faces. Yeah. No, like Jess said, it's just kind of a nice way to support us if you like what we're doing. We kind of just do this on our spare time, kind of like... We do it because we love it. We do it because we love it, but equipment costs money, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've been very fortunate thus far to kind of inherit some equipment. Yes. Which has been great, but yes. uh, we can use some more. Definitely. And it'll just mean higher quality episodes for you guys. Yeah. Also, if you just want to do one time thing, we do still have our DetroitStrange.Threadless.com if you want to get some merch. That's another way to support the show. If you really just want a one time thing, we both have Venmo. I don't know. We can figure <laughs> something out. <laughs> Contact exactly. us. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something. <laughs> yes. But... Is it story time? It's story time. We've plugged our Patreon, and now it's story time. Yay! Did all the things we had to do. Now we get the fun. Yes. So, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, I've been playing a lot of Ace Attorney games. Yeah. So, I decided to look into one of the more mysterious murders from Detroit history, and this one stuck out to me. Okay. So, have you heard of Francis Baumholt? Speaking of German, Baumholt. I don't think so. Picture it. Detroit, December 18th, 1914. Okay. Charles Baumholt decides to stop by his sister Frances's house for a visit. Mm-hmm. She lived there with their brother John and her nephew Florence Ruping. Okay. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, it, is, it was her sister's son, but I don't really get why he has a different last name. I guess if her sister... No, I'm an idiot. He... Sister married someone with last name Ruping, but -hmm. it made it sound like it was only her nephew. I'm like, wouldn't it be everyone's nephew? Oh, yeah. I know it would be, yeah. Anyway, Florence lived there, loved his aunt like he loved his own mother. So the three of them lived together in this house, and the men worked at the factory, and Francis kind of just tended the house, cooked the meals, looked after the men, and, you know. Mm -hmm. Typical boarding house stuff, but with family. Okay, yeah. I guess that's just a a house at that point there's no board anyway it's a full house yeah uh not to be confused with the show full house no not again that's trash. we will not no not we will again not go down that rabbit hole again no <laughs> so charles he walks in the house he cries out hello but he was he was not getting a response he figured maybe she decided to sleep in today but it was almost noon so he was suspicious he made his way to her bedroom, where he found her kneeling beside her bed, slumped over with her head on the comforter. Oh, and she mm-hmm. was covered in blood, as was much oh. of the room. Yeah. There's, there's that. One of my sources, the main source for this comes from Wicked Women of Detroit by Tobin T. Book. He's a very uh, detailed author, and he gets very mm-hmm. graphic with his imagery. Like There was a quote about um, looking like the walls were sweating blood. Which, Ooh. Ugh. Yeah. I'm more grossed out by the sweat part of that than the blood, honestly. Yeah, well, it gives, like, the notion of, like, a shape. Yeah. To it, like. Yeah, like droplets. And, like, where it's coming from. 
Yeah. Like it's like getting squeezed out of something. Mm-hmm. I need to sip to cleanse my palate after that one. <laughs> so the police and the coroner were called in to try and figure out what happened. And they were able to kind of piece together the events based on the scene and the state of the body. So mm-hmm. the attack started in the coal shed behind the house. There was pretty, like, pretty evenly spaced out and deep wounds on her arm too that were too neat to have been caused by ones holding, like, holding her arm up in self defense. But rather mm-hmm. that the killer had like tortured Francis with some kind of large knife. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So they started in the coal shed, and then continued up into her bedroom, into her bedroom where she was actually like finished off. But they also found these deep cuts on her arm. Mm-hmm. So Gross. they were trying to figure out why there would have been torture. And they were interviewing neighbors. It came out that there was a rumor that Francis had a stash of cash, some a stash of cash somewhere in her house. Most likely. Okay. I feel like I need to start doing red leather, red, yellow. Uh, I can't even do that. <laughs> it's hard. It is. I also just like, apparently don't like consonants because sometimes I just leave them out of words. And like, <laughs> Can't be bothered. Can't be bothered with consonants. Irrelevant. <laughs> so Francis had a stash of, cash, a stash of cash somewhere in her house. So most likely the killer is trying to get out the location mm-hmm. of that from her. Yeah. After that, she was struck by a heavy object and left for dead. She didn't die in the coal shed, however. Like I said, she died in her bedroom. And I wrote down, she's a strong German woman, so she came to and went back to the house where the killer was searching for her cash stash. It's easier to say it that way. <laughs> uh, poor move, it turns out. The killer, most likely, to make sure Francis didn't talk, had to take her out. The fatal blow came in the form of six blows, which was total overkill. Like, each one of the six blows could have been the fatal one. Like, but good on its own? Yeah. And uh, based on the position the body was found in, it was while she was praying. The cat just came into the the studio closet space and like touched my leg. And she's not a very social, she's not a social being. So like her doing that. You were like, what is this? What's happening? Yes. She's very curious about what's happening in here, but it startled the crap out of me. So I apologize for that because it just wasn't. She's like, sounds like murder's Ooh. afoot. I need to hear. I was going to say, I'm hearing all this about murder, and I'm like, I'm the edge of my seat. Yeah, it. I mean, spooky season's upon us. Yeah. Speaking of spooky season, I have a new spider friend at my house. I named her Agatha. Oh. She built a spiderweb on like my side door, like on the glass of the door, mm-hmm. which was real spooky. I'm like... Okay, you're on that side of the door. I'm on this side of the door. I guess I'm not leaving my house anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But then I just she claimed just, her territory. She did, but like, I think she decided the door was too much movement because she moved to like this like fence post, and she's chilling there now. Oh, well, that's yeah. good. That's nice and considerate. Enough distance, you can you know, but you can still see her. Still say hi to her when I leave the house, but yeah. don't have to worry yeah. about her falling on me. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Nice and spooky. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the police tasked detectives John Reed and Fred Dibble with searching for the killer. What a name. Yeah. I That's like one of my favorite things about researching all this old stuff is like, what kind of bonkers ass last names will I find? Like mm-hmm. Dibble. 
And what happened to Dibble? Where did the line of Dibbles go? I think they went on to form Kibbles. Bits. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they had to, like, cast a pretty wide net on their search because, like, it was, like, along with the rumor of her having a cash stash, it was also known that Frances Mm -hmm. would give scraps to, quote, any tramp who came her way. Mm. So, kind of just, like, Lots of comings and goings at the house, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. So luckily, Francis's friend Caroline E. Becker was able to narrow down the list a bit. She had heard that Francis's relationship with her nephew had deteriorated. Deteriorated. And she also heard that someone had checked into a Michigan Avenue hotel the morning of the murder with blood on his shirt and had refused to give his name. Hmm. So... Interesting. There is also a report from an eyewitness who saw an older woman come out of the alley next to the house around the time of the murder. She wore a black hat that did next to nothing to hide the red scar on her forehead. Reed and Dibble told the press that it offered no solution and nor did the police learn the woman's identity. And that's kind of what was reflected in the court of popular opinion. Just because it was such a violent and like macabre crime that there was no way that a woman could have been this callous and cold-blooded, quote, unless she were a maniac. Mm. Yeah. So all in all, Reed and Dibble arrested three men, her brother John, her nephew Florence, and the mysterious Michigan Avenue hotel guy whose name was George Allray. Her brother John was easy to clear because he had a rock-solid alibi of being at the factory working during the time of the murder. Okay. That's, yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yeah. Pretty uh, easy to corroborate. Solid yeah. alibi. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> so then George Allery was next to be cleared. That was the Michigan Ave hotel guy. Okay. Uh, I guess he was kind of just like a drunk, and he stated that he had spent the previous night at a friend's house to sleep off the bender, and that the blood on his shirt on the morning in question was from an ulcerated tooth. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a crime all of itself. Brush your damn teeth, George. Brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. It makes my face hurt. Right? Tooth shit is, like, the worst. Like, I can mm-hmm. handle so many other things, but I hate teeth shit. Oh, yeah. It's always my number one nightmare is that, and I always look at this up and I forget what it is, but, like, teeth falling out. Yeah. It like That's apparently a big one. I've never had it. Eight out of ten. Not I think it has something to do with anxiety, but no, like eight out of ten of my nightmares probably involve teeth falling out. Dang. Yeah. It's bad. Well, I hope we don't have ulcerated tooth dreams now. Probably will. Thanks a lot. No, I'm just kidding. You're welcome. <laughs> so that just left Florence. Florence, who was at home at the time of the murder but supposedly slept through the whole thing. That was what he said. He said that he had That's a hard one to corroborate. Right? He said that he had worked the graveyard shift the night before and got home at 4.30 a.m., had breakfast served to him by his aunt, and then... I'm going to use the technical term of pass the fuck out because apparently he was dead to the world while his aunt was just dead. So... Because she wouldn't scream. Yeah, I mean... While that's happening... You'd have to be a crazy hard sleeper not to hear that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible. My sister is point in case. 
It's a okay. fun game in our family. Like every once in a while, I'll get Snapchats from either like her fiance or like other family members visiting of just like mm-hmm. pillows stacked. Like there'll be like a like six throw pillars stacked up high on top of her. She's still asleep. <laughs> like that bitch can sleep anywhere and through anything. I'm a little jealous. Oh, same. But like I guess she also works the graveyard shift. She works like seven PM to seven AM. So Which like I mean I get I get why people do and I get why it exists in some uh some areas, like obviously like nursing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um but yeah, the the human we're not meant even if you're more of a night owl than a a morning bird or whatever they call them, we're not meant for that. Very true. And like I think sh- she says the hardest part is like flipping. So she works like Sunday through Wednesday, usually all night shift. And then so Thursday mm-hmm. through Saturday, she tries to become a normal human again. And that's the hard part. Mm, yeah. 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 That makes like, sense. Knowing when to be awake and when to be asleep. Yeah. But apparently Florence was like, yeah, no, I was asleep. Didn't hear a thing. Damn. She's dead. Kind of thing. Yikes. So they really see an opportunity, but they didn't really see a motive for him. Like he loved his aunt and they literally couldn't find anything that would have given him a motive. Not even like hidden money? No, because like I feel like if he really needed the money from his aunt, if they had a good enough relationship, he would have just been like, yo, auntie. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like he could have just borrowed it or whatever. Right. Or just yeah. like okay. He was making his own money, too, and, like, probably, like, living there for free because it's family. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't find a clear motive for why he would have killed his aunt. But, again, they held him in case they need him for questioning. But one of the detectives, Reed, was already hatching a plan to, ca- to catch the real killer. And he had a suspect in mind, but no way to prove it yet, which is why he held Florence. He didn't want the real killer to get paranoid and start destroying clues. Okay. This, of course, became a big media frenzy in all the papers, um, but we're going to focus on Chicago for just a second, where Father Augustine Baumholt was visiting Chicago when he saw the headline, Woman killed with axe, tramp sought by police, robbery may be motive. To his shock and dismay, he continued reading to found out the article was about his sister. Oh, yeah. And he immediately hopped on a train bound for Detroit. Makes sense. Like, imagine, like, back in the day when, like... That's how you get your news? Yeah. Yeah. And not, like, Twitter or whatever. Like, shit, Nintendo farts and I get a tweet about it. Like... <laughs> um, Although now it's, like, kind of the opposite, too. Because sometimes, like, you don't get, like, personal news via, like, a family member or a personal call. Sometimes, like, you get your personal your personal news on social media. Yeah. Which is like almost the opposite of like that effect too of like you know, you didn't get to get told by Right. The appropriate person. Yeah. I guess there's really no ideal way to figure out that a loved one has died. No, no, but I mean like a newspaper's kinda rough though. Yeah. But it'd be the same if you went on Facebook and that's how you found out too. That would be Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's Anytime it's, like, not somebody you know telling you. Yeah. Like, reaching out to tell you. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after he saw the horrendous article about his sister, he hopped on the train to Detroit. 
And he went straight to work playing the funeral, but also offered a reward for $1,000 for any Mm -hmm. information leading to the capture of the true killer. Which I had to ask, where the hell did a Catholic priest in 1914 get $1,000 to just give away? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I think he was taken from them collection baskets, if I had to guess, but... Alleged. (laughs) Anyway, here's a quote from him. Once I thought she might have been killed by a maniac, I don't think so now. It was the work of a cold-blooded, sane man who went to work deliberately. Say what? Yeah, so he's like, some fucked up dude did this to my poor sister. Yeah. And the incentive brought forth some new evidence from the neighborhood because of fucking course $1,000 in 1914 brought back evidence. Yeah, because what would that be? Like today, oh, like uh, uh probably like fifty thousand. I don't know. I'm trying to think of last week's episode because there were conversions for two thousand, and that was like I want to say roughly sixty thousand. So probably like thirty grand. Okay, I googled it real quick. Uh-huh. Oh, twenty five thousand nine hundred ten dollars and ten cents. So twenty six grand. Yeah. Yeah. A okay. lot of freaking money just to have. Yeah. I saw this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So someone came forth with a report of seeing a woman with a bloody forehead leaving the alley behind the coal shed around the time of the murder. A second mm-hmm. person uh, claiming to see a woman leaving the scene of the crime. So remember at the beginning we had someone say there was a woman in a black dress and now someone else was saying, I saw a woman with a bloody forehead leaving the alley by the coal shed. Interesting, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now it's the day of the funeral, and of course all our friends and family were there to grieve and other fun funeral activities. Mm-hmm. There was one attendee in the crowd that was behaving a little strangely. Her friend, Caroline mm-hmm. E. Becker. She was emotionless, she wouldn't look at the body, and would have the color of her face drained every time she neared the coffin. What this woman didn't know was, while she was attending the funeral, police were combing through her house looking for evidence. And they needed something to tie her in the mortar. And of course, the murder, not the mortar. (laughs) And of course, they found it. It was in the form of bloody bank notes that were found in her shoes. Mm. So she hid some bloody ass money in her shoes because she's like, yeah, that's a great spot for this. Let's make this money even more gross by keeping next to my nasty ass feet. Yeah. Does she not have like a mattress to put it under or something? She maybe thought that was like, that's too cliche. I guess that is, like, the first place people look, but still, the shoes don't seem... Right. So, when she got home, Reed was waiting there with handcuffs. So, who was this Caroline E. Becker woman? She was married three times, and as we know, this author likes to go into details, so I summarized it, and dead, dead, left. So, the first Mm -hmm. two husbands died, the third one left her. Okay. And so, she made ends meet by boarding William Long, who was a friend of John's. John was... The brother of the deceased who lived at the house. Mm -hmm. And he was able to give some insight into the day of the murder. So every morning, uh, which is crazy that she did this, she would go to the Eastside Bakery for two loaves of pumpernickel bread. Like, who the hell can eat a whole loaf of pumpernickel bread in a day? Madness. That's the real crime. But was was she eating much else? I don't know. That's true, I guess. What if she was just, like, eating a a pumpernickel and washing it down with some buttermilk or something. Oh, the sociopaths with drinking their buttermilk. Yeah. Maybe like a strawberry. Yeah. 
That's true. But pumpernickel, like, that's such a strong flavor to have every I day. I love pumpernickel. Could you eat it every day, though? Maybe. Okay. I mean, Let's- like, I don't buy bread because I do love bread uh, for this very reason. Uh-huh. If it's a good one, too. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. We'll test it. We'll do yeah. pumpernickel October. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think my hips could take that. Fair. Uh, I have my sister's wedding in October, so I gotta fit into that tux. Okay. <laughs> um. But anyway, we should be pumpernickel once in October for yeah. some spinach dip because that's a good fall Ooh, treat. Uh, anyway, one of my cousins makes a spinach dip where he takes a loaf of pumpernickel. Yeah, and put it with, in. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's the best one. Yep. Mm-hmm. So enough about bread. Back to murder. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see if it comes back. So <laughs> she, Caroline would go get the two loaves of pumpernickel bread, then she would come home mm-hmm. and send Long on his way. Like and on his way, he would take one of the loaves to the neighbors. Lang said the day of the murder, Caroline rushed him out of the house saying that she had business to attend to. Okay. Also adding to her suspicious behavior was the amount of gossiping she did about the crime and even started her own investigation of sorts that led to the man in the hotel with a bloody shirt. Mm-hmm. Which like makes sense when you're thinking about it because like how did this like old housewife woman kind of figure out from this hotel across town that this man had checked in with a bloody shirt and no name? You yeah. know? So well, she was... Specific. Yeah, she was on the case. She was trying to find someone to pin it on, but Really just trying to look like a concerned friend. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of just to like, divert attention from herself. Mm-hmm. So Caroline was subjected to hours of interrogation, throughout which she maintained her innocence and tried to explain away the evidence of the bloody notes in her shoe. She first claimed that it was red dye from one of her dresses, but once one of the detectives was like, uh, bitch, this isn't dye, she was like, oh, no, it's blood from handling the money after cutting her hand, which, like, who cuts their hands mm-hmm. like better grab some money to soak this up with? Yeah. Always tending to wounds with fresh dollar bills. Yeah. That's how I lost my leg. <laughs> <laughs> so she was able to keep this up for five hours until Detective Dibble <laughs> started to wave the two blood soaked banknotes in front of her face, and that's when she cracked and confessed the crimes. So she had heard the rumors of Francis's cash stash and got so mm-hmm. hung up on the possible windfall that the morning, like, she decided to, like, do this crime. So the morning, she mm-hmm. found Francis in the coal shed where she spied with her little eye a brick the size of a lump of coal. Okay. Totally backwards. A lump of coal the size of a brick. Because they okay. were in the coal Ooh, shed. Big ass coal. Yeah. And it was reported that Caroline was. An exceptionally heavy woman of Amazonian mold. Their words, not mine. I feel like that was, like, I've, I don't know, that tendency to call women, like, Amazonian was, like, so popular in that time era. I wonder why. Do you think it was just kind of, like, their whole fascination with ancient cultures at the time? Yeah. And, like, yeah. And I think... I don't know. We like, for some reason, we like to attribute like names to things we don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yep. And like tall women weren't regular, still really aren't, but 
or, you know, as regular. And, yeah. and then I feel like, especially cause like that probably meant any woman over like five foot 10. Right. Or honestly, even like five, eight, like my height, like right. Amazonian. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, it's good. I totally get that. Um, I but she was like 65. I've heard that phrase a few times lately. Okay. Yeah. She was what? 65. Years old? 65-year-old Amazon. Okay. It's not what I was picturing. Yeah. No, so she brought the coal down hard enough to bring Francis to her knees, then twice more to fraction her skull. Three blows in total at this point. All of which wow. had the power to be fatal, but weren't. Mm-hmm. So then she claimed that Frances shoved past her and made her way back into the house where Caroline met up with her in the bedroom and bludgeoned her three more times. And after this, she claimed to have found two banknotes, a 10 and a five. So $15, which uh-huh. I did the math on this. That's like $400 today. Mm. So basically she killed this woman for $15. Wow. No. So, I mean, don't kill for any amount of money. Right. But, like, have some standards. Like, <laughs> shit. $15? Yeah. No. Yeah. So that was her confession. But it didn't explain everything. Like, there was no mention of the cuts on her arm. How mm-hmm. have those gotten there? And also in her confession, it said that Francis got right up after the hits in the coal shed. Which was mm-hmm. inconsistent because in the coal shed they found like a pool of congealed blood, which kind of like um means somebody was there for a second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what gives? This turns out this was all part of her plan. She gave an incomplete testimony to try and make it seem like this was something concocted by the detectives, a string of false statements to make her look guilty. She also claimed that much was lost in translation, given that English was her second language. The press surprisingly didn't take the bait, instead choosing to go off the juicy tidbit from Long that the two had had sexual relations. So, All right. they were like, screw you, bitch, he's giving us juicy shit. We don't care that we care about this crap. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so her trial happened in April, and after 22 hours of deliberation which resulted in the breakdown of one of the jurors. Like, one of the jurors had a breakdown and had to be, like, let out. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Caroline was found guilty. She became the second woman in 20 years to be convicted of first-degree murder. Do you remember the first? We've talked about her. Uh, 20 years. So, 19... Was it Nellie? It was Nellie Pope. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, okay. Call pack. And, like, even the papers at the time compared the murder case to the case of Dr. Pope. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So she was sentenced to life at the Detroit House of Corrections with Nellie. Mm-hmm. And she would only end up serving nine of those, like, nine of her sentence when she was released in 1924 after getting parole from the then governor, Alex Grosbeck. She died 11 wow. years later on August 2nd, 1935, at the age of 86. Okay. And to this day, they never found the bladed weapon used in the attack and still don't know what it, the purpose was. Huh. So that's still kind of up there. Yeah. And so again, my sources were The Wicked Women of Detroit by Tobin T. Book and old free press articles from the newspaper.com. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 
I couldn't find a ton on this or like really all I could find outside of this book were the free press articles, which is cool because it was like the article from time. when this was actually happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, were newspapers hard to read back then. Yeah. No, I've had that come up with a few. They just tried to squeeze so much shit on one page. Yeah. I've had to come up with a few of the stories as well, too, where, yeah, the only other sources besides their main source are uh, in real time articles and they, they hit a little differently. Yeah. They sure do. But you did a good job. Thank you. Are those kind of a fun one? Not fun, but like interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. I mean, obviously. And just like, I love that one. It was like, it couldn't possibly have been a woman. It definitely couldn't have been a woman. Mm-hmm. And then it was definitely, definitely a, woman. a woman. Yeah. A 75 year old woman. 65, but yeah. 65. Well, in those days, 65 was like 75. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 65 was the new 80 back then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, good job. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, true crime fun. Mm-hmm. I love true crime, so I'm always yeah. here for that. Well, you know what else is fun? Two truths and a lie. Yeah. Two truths and a lie. So I actually, um, and I do have a lot of extra facts with this one too, but I actually based this one on somebody who is uh, kind of the master of uh, thrillers slash horror movies right now, in my opinion. And somebody we talked about semi-recently because he's one of the uh, creators of Lovecraft Country, the show I was talking about, and that is Jordan Peele. Yeah. All right. I buy yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, you ready? Let me just chew this cherry. Oh, yeah. Chew that cherry. You can't have an old-fashioned without a cherry. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, you ready? Yes. Uh, Fact number one. At one point in his life, Peel studied puppeteering. Okay. Fact number two. He has said that he thinks rabbits are scary. Okay. Fact number three. He has said that the scariest horror movie villain is Freddy Krueger from the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Is Freddy Krueger the one with the mask, or is he the pumpkin head guy? The nails. Claws, yeah. The, the claws and, like, the stripey sweatshirt, or sweater thing in uh, the hat. He gets people in their dreams, basically. Like, yeah, That's okay. where he attacks, yeah. That's, like, one of the classic ones I haven't seen, which is a long list. I've really only seen, like, I've seen, like, Friday the 13th. That's not him, is mm-hmm. it? Uh, no, 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 no. Jason. Friday the 13th is Jason. Yeah, I saw that one. And that's really all I could think of right now. I really want to work on my spooky spooky season game this year. I always have to think about it, too. Especially with, like, um, Friday the 13th and then the other... The the um, the ha- Halloween... Nightmare on Elm Street? Like I get, no, Nightmare on oh. Elm Street. I do know that one's Freddy Krueger. But I'm saying I always have to stop and think about which... Yeah killer is what in those other ones i don't yeah yeah okay i think number three is the lie you are correct number three is the lie do tell well uh he actually thinks the scariest movie villain is michael myers from halloween okay Speaking of halloween Basically, he added, he's not even evil. He's just curious. You know, you can't talk him out of whatever he wants to do. That's true. Because sometimes, like, 
like sometimes mm-hmm. no objective is worse than an objective. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's why I love Maleficent. Like, yeah, she just didn't get invited to a party. And then she cursed that fucking child. Yeah, that whole situation, though, is more going on to it, too. Like, if you really I've never seen the second movie. I've only seen the first Maleficent. But like, if you. Oh, yeah, they try to give an origin story. It makes her less of a villain. Yeah, which I was kind of I enjoyed the Maleficent content. I think Mm -hmm. like Angelina Jolie does a great job as Maleficent. But I kind of just like her being the evil bitch who cursed a child who did because she wasn't invited to a party. Yeah. I mean, that's fair, too. That's fair, too. I did see the second one. It's just okay. It's on Disney um, Plus now. That's kind of what I heard, and that's why I haven't. I do have the Disney Plus, though. I did hate Michelle Pfeiffer's character. She was so good at it, oh. but she was so just like... I remember yelling at the TV. I'm like, push that bitch off the cliff already. God! Oh. Yeah. Just to expand on the other two that are true... Though, because I, I got a few fun things because yes, he's yes. a very fascinating person. Uh, so he did. He majored in puppetry at Sarah Lawrence College. Love uh, that. Which also, I didn't know he went to Sarah Lawrence College. I didn't know they let men at Sarah Lawrence. I, I think I think they do now, but I think it's still kind of like. Yeah. Not as many. It's like the cliche women's lib college, I feel like. Well, it is for sure. Yeah. But yeah, so he went there. Yeah. Uh, I do, but it is a liberal arts college too. So, like, oh, I mean, no. if you're going to study yeah. puppetry, like, that's probably a good place to go. Definitely. And he's not afraid of rabbits, but he does find them a bit scary. They're quote, they're very cuddly, but they also have a sociopathic expression and kind of look past you in a creepy kind of way. I can see that they have real big red eyes. Yeah, I think he really is creeped out by things. I mean, just going off the other thing too with Halloween, kind of the not knowing. Yeah, is is the creepiest thing of all. And then a few more fun facts about, and this one you you probably know, but I just think this is fun. I do love that um, he's married to Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, actress, and I think writer too, Chelsea Peretti. I did not know that. Love oh, that yeah, they them. just had a, they had a baby sometime in the past year, too. Oh, love that for them. The idea of them, it, it just it, it fills my heart with such joy. Yes. I don't know why. I don't know them personally, but for some reason it just... Sounds really good. Yeah. And they were kind of actually pretty quiet with it. Like they weren't like super loud about it. I mean, like they'll, you know, be at things now as well when there are things. But yeah, in 2016, they eloped in Big Sur. And then they announced their marriage on uh, Instagram with their dog as the only witness. Yeah. Also, horror movie. It's interesting because I mean, he did start in a comedy area, but that was never his first intention. But horror movies have always kind of been his. Yeah. Like bread and butter. That's just like nobody knew it for so long. But he's also such a good script, like organizer. Yeah. Yeah. And he's remarked that his favorite horror movie trope is the found object or improvised weapon. Uh-huh. So when asked what he would do if he met his evil doppel- doppelganger, he took a look around the room and suggested an avian bottle would be his weapon. Nice. Yeah. Um, so he actually did drop out of Sarah Lawrence College, too, to pursue comedy full time. And he teamed up with his roommate, Rebecca Drysdale, to create a comedy duo called Two White Guys. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, and they had some local success and it led them to it led Peel rather to join improv crew Boom Chicago. That's where he met uh, Keegan Michael Key uh-huh. and uh, at the Second City and the rest is history. And then Drysdale, the former roommate, would also become a writer on Key and Peel. Nice. 
Yeah. So um, Peel's Oscar win for Get Out made him the first black screenwriter to win the award for best original screenplay. But Peel admitted that he nearly gave up on the script about 20 times, but was glad to see that it uh, came into fruition. And he kind of saw it as like a win for black creators in general. Yeah. And so I think it kind of like added an extra layer for him. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, he and Peel both got laid off of jobs at the same time, leading them to audition for Mad TV. Uh-huh. And Peel was on the show. Peel was on a show that got canceled. He was in a pilot that never got picked up. And Mad TV was only seeking one black male comedian at the time, but the duo's chemistry led them to both getting hired. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So people could tell right away with the two of them. And um, he basically, he left acting in 2018. Like he basically declared he's not going to be acting anymore. He's mm-hmm. going to be doing more of the production and, you know, writing side of things. But he's, so he's drifted from the comedy roots a bit too. And he loves a comedy scene that makes you cry. In particular, Peel often reflects on the last episode of Britain's The Office. He uh-huh. loves, he views Ricky Gervais's David Brent as one of the key characters that has influenced his own writing. I haven't seen The British Office. I've heard nothing but good things. It's good. I like it. It's different for sure. And it, I mean, like, the first episode's the same because they copied it. But yeah. Then it goes on. The the character development goes differently. Uh-huh. Um, and then, oh, the reason he well, not the reason, but one of the reasons he quit is his last offer for acting was the Emoji Movie. They wanted him to play poop. Yeah. I, yep. Peel was offered the role of poop, but then was but was then passed over in favor of Sir Patrick Stewart. And after being denied the chance to play poop, damn. So he was number two for number two. Hmm. He decided that acting wasn't for him after this uh, this change. Yeah. Imagine being... What year did he win the Oscar? Was uh, 2000... 20? I don't know. It, it's whenever... It was probably around the same time. Imagine winning an Oscar and being declined the role of Poop in the same year. Yeah, well, Get Out came out in 2017. So he would have won the so... Oscar at the beginning of 2018. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I get it. I don't think I want an mm-hmm. Oscar. I can do better than this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that poop joke, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a little tidbits about Jordan Peele because it's a cool, dude. I don't know. Yeah. And Lovecraft Country. I haven't seen the newest episode, but I'm probably doing that after this. I love this horror adventure for him. I, I'm about to go play Ace Attorney after this, so I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm not always a horror fan. Like it's not it's not my genre choice by far. It's something I find so interesting, but I sometimes can't enjoy it because I am very jumpy. Yeah, I was gonna say I do. I get scared, but then it's funny. It's it matters on my mood almost as to how like scared I'm going to get to in certain situations. Oh, 100 percent. I don't like to watch them alone. So that's part of it. Unless I don't. There's certain ones I could probably watch alone and be fine. But if it's like a classic horror movie, I'm not watching that shit alone. Like I want to at least watch it with a friend or like that makes it more fun. Like I think horror movies are definitely like group movies. Yeah. It's fun just to like sit there and make comments to make it a little less scary. That's my favorite part anyway. Yeah. Or, like, even laugh at each other when you, like, yelp or jump or pee yourself a little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It definitely happened a couple of times. It followed where I was like, shit. Even though I'd seen that movie mm-hmm. like four times by that point. It's just like, oh, it's so good to <laughs> That ball in the window. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But watching it with a group of 40 people did help. Yeah. Uh, well, some I... days we'll watch movies with groups of people again. Uh, a dream of the day. Yeah. But I think you're going to say. I think that wraps us. I think so, too. I think you're correct, sir. Call us Saran because we are wrapped. Mm, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, so like we mentioned the top, Patreon. Great way to support us. It. Also, Threadless, our Threadless shop, DetroitStrange.Threadless.com. Mm-hmm. Also, follow us on the social medias. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Detroit Strange, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we would love it if you would um, subscribe, rate, review. That would be fantastic. It does send our hearts all a flutter to read yes. any kind of uh, comments and, you know, or, you know, messages in general. We, we love those because great and so much fun so please please do that if you have a few seconds and really i think until next time next time stay Stay strange this has been a production of planet amp podcast powered by pinecast our theme song was created by detroit duo sex and violence